0: The podcast. I am Joe Posnansky, and with me this week, so exciting, my dear friend, special guest host, Ellen Adair. Ellen, how are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me, Joe. Look at you! You just you jumped right (laughs) in practicing. And and you know what? You being an (laughs) actress, it was
0: so much better than Mike. I mean, he's it's he's been doing this for like we've we've been doing this podcast together for. Thirty or forty years now, and uh, he still doesn't
1: get it. He still doesn't get it. It's just... I, I don't know. I think he's the origin of. Thank you for having me, Joe. he's, yeah, he's the origin,
0: he's but he—he he he was do it the, well. the
1: inspiration for me in that. <laughs> yeah.
0: How are you, so, Alan? As I'm sure everybody knows, in addition to being uh, one of the country's great baseball fans, thinkers, and uh, and just general baseball people. Um, is also an actress who has uh, been on many 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 different things and 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 how is that going how are you doing
1: I'm good yeah i mean you know it sort of feels like we're living in the end times but i'm personally yes. fine No that's uh,
0: that's good that's yeah. good we are living i mean th- like today we're in the we are doing the recording this on a monday and and i believe that the stock market just dropped 10 trillion points or something you know and i think that's
1: the exact figure it was
0: it was 10 trillion four i think and and here's i don't know i don't know what that means i don't have any like any sense of what the stock market is i just know it's bad like everything else
1: yeah i only played a financial financial analyst on tv when i was on (laughs) billions but yeah i don't know anything about that we had to have a there was a sort of an onset consultant that i would be like what am i saying so
0: you you didn't have to take like a crash course you didn't have to like do like some sort of like you know like like uh, robert de niro gaining 50 pounds to to play a boxer or something you didn't have to like become an actual financial uh, advisor in order to play on. yeah fortunately
1: not although that might have been useful for me um but i did (laughs) not do that
0: I think it would have been great. I think it would have been great. If you I meant it
1: in some ways, but not in that way. Like as soon as it involves, yeah, like numbers, I guess I'm sort of out. <laughs> Which is, I realize, a very strange thing to say as a baseball fan.
0: Yes, but... it is because you are because you statistically you love the baseball statistics. You're you're I you're do. very into statistics. So, but I think that's right. I I think baseball fans in general, uh, look, there are some baseball fans that are just allergic math right they don't they don't like it they don't like when people bring it up if for all the advanced statistics it doesn't bring them any joy and you know what enjoy the game the way you enjoy the game you don't have to you don't have to enjoy the game the way anybody else wants you to you can do you can do any way you want so there's some people that don't like any of that but there are many people who claim uh that in life they really really don't like math but but when it comes to baseball they could not geek out more on the numbers. I just find that I'm, I guess, a little bit like that. I just think that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know why, but it, it is just deeply true for me. And I think it's partly, it's like, I well, I care about baseball, and I guess I should care about money in the same way, but I just don't. And and so I, like, the story of the advanced stats is so fascinating to me. And I actually, like, I, growing up, I sort of had the same issue and I don't know if we've ever talked about this before but I thought that I wasn't going to like physics and then I ended up loving physics mm-hmm. because it's a story it's like you can use this math to plot the chart of a planet and that is freaking cool but in math when they would create a story problem for me I was like I don't buy this yeah <laughs> like why are, Why is this person giving away their fruit yes, right. like this is just totally bogus and you're pandering to me and I hate pandering like it Clearly, this is a math textbook. It's just a bunch of stupid numbers that don't mean anything. Don't try to convince me (laughs) that it means something by, like, somebody gifting other people fruit. Like, nobody gives people fruit these days. No,
0: no. So you're saying that when Jane and Ted had to ride their bicycle a certain number of miles uh, a, a day in order to get somewhere, you're not buying it.
1: It's not buying it. No, I'm not buying it at all. No, there yeah, is no Jane. Yeah. No, Jane and Ted are like, Mom, why won't you drive me to the... Yeah, Jane and Ted are not riding their bicycles. They don't exist.
0: No they don't exist. All right, Ellen, so I I, so I, I have to be honest with you. So this is the second podcast that we have done for, uh, for The Athletic. And the first one I did last week the uh people who who have uh, long followed the athletic have to be stupefied that we've done this two weeks in a row now and uh and they're right <laughs> to feel that way uh but yeah apparently we're going to do this every week at least that's that's what they keep telling me so so here's the thing we we did this last week and and it was i have to say i mean it was it, it's always fun to do the podcast with mike but um, we're both pretty down we're both pretty down not not just down because of of all of the things that are happening in the world obviously the virus and and COVID-19 uh yeah it's that's, which is not great um baseball feels down baseball feels kind of bleh. I mean you know obviously with the with the Astros thing and then and then with the Red Sox just kind of like dumping Mookie and 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 you know now with I mean I don't know how many people are care but Verlander's hurt the Yankees have all of their injuries and I don't know does it first of all where where are you where are you right now as a baseball fan you know as you prepare this season does this offseason feel like a downer or are you and I know that you to be this that eternal optimist who believes opening day saves all
1: Oh, no, you've really put a lot of pressure on this. Yes, I have, uh, yes, I, and I feel good about because it. Because <laughs> I feel a little down. Yeah. Like, I do always try to maintain positivity, but, yeah, it's it's kind of hard, and it's partly because it seems like every pitcher in the world um, is dying. Right. Uh, Verlander, Sale, Clevenger, Snell, Paxton, and Severino. Like, it just... This spring training, and I think some of it is that for uh, stupid monetary reasons, they're not airing a lot of the Phillies' spring training games. This is not the the Phillies' decision; it's the um, the television uh, channel right. that normally airs the games is just not airing the games, and so like I haven't been able to actually watch those games so it just the experience of spring training to me so far just sort of feels like okay who's injured and um who has said the newest thing about the Astros because at this point that's all the story really is anymore you know like it obviously I think that that is part of the reason that this off season has felt like kind of a bummer. Like there was a moment when I was like, you know what, I'm going to tune out of baseball Twitter because it just feels like a whole lot of vitriol right now. And I kind of go to baseball to bring me joy and this is not bringing me joy right now. And I understand that there's a healthy subsection of uh, the American populace and probably humanity as a whole that like derives a lot of enjoyment out of the vitriol. And so like, if that's the case for you, like peace be with you, God bless um but not not so much for me and uh so yeah i'm I'm feeling a little bummed yeah. out although there's one there's one thing that I do derive some joy in vitriol and it was something that I was uh uh this is of course uh, fundamentalist hatred of the Yankees of and uh there was I was a little surprised in your discussion with Mike last week that neither of you brought up the fact that like this sort of awful cherry turd on top of the shit sunday that is the astros cheating scandal is the sanctimony of yankees fans that they're so acting like this has been perpetrated only to them now if anybody deserved to feel this way it would probably be the dodgers right and and i and i'm not here to say that the that the yankees team and the yankees fan base did not lose anything at the hands of the astros because obviously they did but like that they're like this is my personal injury you know what i mean it's like rather than the astros beating a trash can somebody like beat their own dog <laughs> or like a baby seal or something like that and and it's particularly infuriating and i'm sure that you guys saw this as well um because of course carlos beltron which the the report kind of outed as possibly the instigator of the whole sure. thing um was with the yankees the year before the astros cheated and the year the year after right. the astros cheated and so the 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 yankees fans being so sanctimonious about it is is really actually ridiculous when viewed that they're sort of like he's a saint, he's a saint, he's a saint. Oh my God, he's a cheater. Oh, okay, and then then he's a saint, he's a saint, he's a saint. Yeah, it's just completely ridiculous. Yeah, I think
0: that Mike and I sort of view the way that Yankees fans are um, attacking the Astros as sort of one more log on this terrible fire that has been this off because I don't. Fully blame them i i mean they they're not wrong i mean yes i think your point is 100 percent right i you know the, the dodgers i think have a have a stronger claim uh against what what happened and and i think that uh that the yankee fans uh you know complaint is is not really fully vetted or anything like that but but they can do it. They, they absolutely, you know, they're sort of on the right side here and, and that stinks. You never really want the Yankees on the right side of, of, of anything that, that doesn't, that doesn't make you feel any better. I
1: think that's part of the problem. I mean,
0: I, I think that that's, you know, helped make it even worse. And, 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 you know, the other thing is that, you know, I'm looking at the Yankees now and of course they're going through all of these injuries and, and, you know, that's, that should be for an anti-Yankee fan uh, should be, yeah, you, you never like seeing anybody get hurt. So, so it's not seeing injuries is never bring me any joy, but the fact that Yankee fans are, are sort of suffering a little bit is always, you know, something. And, and yet I have to be honest, if the Yankees play the Astros in the, in the ALCS, I, I'm, I'm certainly not going to root for the Yankees, but I'm not rooting for the Astros. I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting it out, yeah. you know I mean? And there's, yeah. and that's, that's a bummer. Like the the, 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 really bummer. the reason to hate the Yankees is so pure and fun and wonderful in my view. And I know Yankee fans might disagree, but it's like we, we hate you because of what you have stood for, which is winning and arrogance and 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 extraordinary good fortune and, and all of these things. Dark arts. Yeah, I mean, they're. They're really good. That's why we don't like them. I mean, that's it. I mean, if, if you came down to it, I I didn't grow up hating the Phillies because who cares? I mean, you know, even when the Phillies were good and they were good for parts of my childhood. But who cares? I mean, it was like, but the Yankees and Ruth and Garrick and DiMaggio and Mano and they win and every year and they just keep getting new people. And 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 yeah, I mean, that's Fun. That's what it's about. You're supposed to hate that team. If you're not a Yankee fan, you're supposed to hate the Yankees. That's that's what's the joy of sports.
1: Yeah, it's a basic rule of uh, being exactly a the
0: yes. Astros. Yeah. That there's nothing pure about that hatred. There's nothing likable. I want to go back to the days where I didn't even have enough to think about the Astros, didn't have to care one way or another about the Astros and even when they got good it's like okay well they're good they've never been good before uh they've never won a world series before so it's like okay well they're you know i don't don't like them don't hate them they're just fine they're vanilla they're they're the rockies they're the rockies they're they're what? fine oh they're not the rockies and now i think no. okay now no it's awful
1: yeah what's particularly distressing about this for me is that i i actually really loved the 2017 yeah. astros um, obviously, the Phillies are my life partner, but I—I I was really like, at the time, I thought, what a lovable group well, of were- guys, and and I was really rooting for them, and so it—it it doesn't feel like vanilla to me. It feels more like an ex-boyfriend, <laughs> uh, and and you know, but an ex-boyfriend that's been proved to be like a really terrible. And you only being. had like
0: a two-week and- relationship, though. Be honest.
1: No, 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 no. So have I never – I must have told you about my special – well, my ex-special relationship with Alex Bregman. Um, But I probably haven't told uh, everybody in the universe, though I've told many people, which is that in uh, 2016, um, I think when when Bregman first came up, um, my husband and I saw the Astros play the Orioles. And Bregman, you know, notoriously a slow starter – was batting around the Mendoza line at that point. And it hit only one home run in his few weeks in the majors by that point. And in the second or third at bat, I I shouted out in the like, we were right behind the dugout, so we were fairly close. In the like relatively silent Orioles crowd, I shouted out, Alex, I believe in you, just like, you know, prospect, pedigree, etc. And he hit home run on the very next pitch. And I was like, I I will I will just love him forever was what I thought in that moment. But it was not true. <laughs> it's, it's like any a kind of other kind of love where we think I will just love this forever. And then and then we don't. And, and I think so. It's it's yeah, it's very it's very distressing to me. It's like, you know, I think you and I talked on a previous podcast about how Stephen Drew was a baseball boyfriend yes. of mine for a while. And then when he was on the Yankees, he was like an ex-boyfriend. And it was very painful to me. And and I feel like this is the first time I've ever had an ex-baseball boyfriend whereby that person didn't become an ex just because they went to the Yankees. <laughs> and it's like very confusing. For me.
0: Well, and that whole Astros it, team. I, I mean, look, yeah. how could you not love Jose Altuve? Like, 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 how could, how could you not, you love, not love him? He's, he's, he's four foot seven Despite and, his... and, 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 you know, hits bombs and, 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 you know, does everything and leads the league and hits literally every year. And, and, like, how, how could you not love that guy? And then suddenly they're like, yeah, he's wearing a buzzer. And it's like, was he really wearing a buzzer? It doesn't matter because now it's in the air and everybody thinks it. And, and, and the whole thing is just, just, it stinks. It just stinks.
1: Yeah. And now does he have a bad neck tattoo? Like probably, but
0: <laughs> that whole, yeah. I don't that yeah. whole net, neck tattoo, that, you know, that was one that really was that moment when your favorite television show just goes off the deep end and just like you're oh, like, yeah. really? Yeah. The, why did they even introduce? And then, you know, in like in television, like you can introduce like the neck tattoo story and then like the next week, realize what a mistake it was, and then write it out of the. That's it. Like okay, that that never happened. Okay, he he never had a brother. You know, like like the whole thing is gone, and and but you can't write out the neck tattoo now. Not in baseball. I mean, it's it's there. We every time you see him, you are like, I wonder how bad that neck tattoo is. I wonder what yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. how, like yeah. how bad could it be? Yeah. And so, yeah, it sticks. But here is the thing. Look, it's baseball. And, and this thing has lingered on for so long. Now we are just, you know, really a couple of weeks away, two and a half weeks away from opening day, assuming that, uh, that there is an opening day or that, you know, that, that, that the, you know, the coronavirus thing doesn't, doesn't really alter the game, which it could, I mean, you have to say that it definitely, it definitely could have a, an altering effect. You know, they just, they just canceled the, uh, Indian Wells tennis tournament, which is, that was a. That was a massive shock to me. You know that that that's that's the biggest tennis tournament in the country, other than the U.S. Open, and and suddenly that's just gone. So anything can happen. But assuming that baseball goes on, and and at some point, certainly it will. Um, how does it bounce back? How do we get excited about baseball again? Does it is it a story of of just hey, once the once the games start going, we'll be back, or or is it something that that baseball is going to have to uh, figure out how to sort of win us back.
1: Well, I think that I will be excited when there are games again, you know, and when I can really sink my teeth into the very exciting uh, story about what the back end of the Phillies' rotation is going to look like. <laughs> that um, is
0: exciting, by the way.
1: Yeah, uh, because I mean, I and I think for me, the like in the in the like one televised baseball game that I that I got to see Uh, like just the the Apollonian beauty of baseball will return Uh, and you know it it justifies itself and I think that there are you know in some ways possibly when the baseball season has started there will be other slightly more interesting Astros related storylines you know like are they still good or not and like what what does that mean I mean I think that that's something that that everybody who loves baseball is kind of interested to see I feel like they're good players and they're gonna continue to be good um and I think that You know, for people who really love to make creative signs or bring trash cans to stadiums, there will be a lot of like fan creativity and, you know, in some ways, like taking the, taking the punishment that the Astros are not getting into their own hands, which, you know, in some ways, like that's, that's fair. That's, that's the, them's the breaks for the Astros. You know, it's
0: interesting because, and by the way, we're going to, we're going to dive into your Phillies here in a couple of minutes, but. But before we do that, I I got an email, I guess it's been a couple of weeks now, I guess, but uh, a writer at Slate, I believe, um, wanted to write a story, and I think actually did end up writing the story, about how, and and the question that he asked of me and I guess various other baseball people was, um, would it be funny if the Astros won? Like, would it, would there be like this sort of like at the end of the day, after all of this, all of this punishment, I guess, sort of in the, in the Cone brothers, dark comedy sense, would it end up being funny if the Astros won? And my response was no. And, and I don't, I don't think it would be funny at all. I don't even think it would be darkly funny. I think it would be, I think it would really make a lot of people angry, but of course, they can be very, very good because, as you mentioned, they're 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 very, very good, right? I mean, you know, they they did win the World Series last year, and I mean, uh, they win the pennant last year and make it to the World Series Game Seven. But but I will say that it made me start thinking about them really for the first time during this uh, off season. Um, it made me think about them in in purely baseball terms again, where I started thinking, well, you know, how much. How much did they lose when they lost Garrett Cole? Like how how different is that team? And then Verlander mm-hmm. gets hurt, and suddenly that rotation looks horrendous potentially. Now it doesn't have to be. I mean, they still have Granky and they and they, you know, but they don't have a fourth or fifth starter really. And and if Verlander's hurt in any way, you know, to the point where he's not the dominant pitcher he's been the last couple of years, or has to miss a you know, an extended period of time. Suddenly that team doesn't look nearly, I mean, they're going to score runs. Sure. I mean, even, even not knowing what pitches are coming, they're going to score runs, but. Boy, that rotation looks like a real weak spot to me all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting, and I think it'll be sort of interesting if the Astros don't end up doing as well, and it actually has to do with the fact that their pitching staff is weaker, but that everybody will just kind of look at the final wins and be like, oh, yeah, see, like, this is what you get when you can't bang in a trash can anymore. (laughs) Well, that's that's what's going to happen. They're going to lead the
0: league in runs and and they're still gonna finish like you know 84 and 78 or something and everybody's gonna be like ah see it's because you didn't cheat and everybody be like entirely because their pitching staff fell apart and nothing at all
1: and like maybe maybe that's the best outcome (laughs) do you know what i mean (laughs) so like they still get some sort of karmic uh justice and at the same time like everybody uh, you know I like to think all of the sane people who are like, no, like Jose Altuve is a good baseball player, George Springer's a good baseball player, Alex Bregman is a good baseball player. They'd be good no matter what. Like those people can can continue to try to make their argument, um, shouting probably into right. the wilderness. But uh, but yeah, but that they'll they'll still have received some kind of some sort of punishment, final standings totals, retribution. I'm telling yeah, you though, exactly. I, I
0: mean, because now I'm looking at their at their depth chart. I mean. Bregman, Correa, Altuve, Gurriel in the infield, Alvarez, your DH, Brantley, Springer, and Reddick in the outfield. I mean, they're going to score a billion runs. I mean, that's, you know, unless now the other thing that I think would be like, it would be tragic, but, but darkly funny would be if the, all of those guys suddenly couldn't hit. Like, like even, and even if it had nothing whatsoever to do with, with, you know, s- signs or no signs or whatever, like suddenly all of those guys just like fall apart. Then it would be, it would be, boy, I mean, people would just be screaming bloody murder. It's just, ugh. you know
1: what? Nothing it would be nothing, sad, but interesting. Nothing, but it would but be sad.
0: interesting. Nothing good can happen with the Astros. They win. It's terrible. They lose. It's terrible. Really? they, they.
1: Well, I really feel like they should be paying for the, you know, original sin of Brandon Taubman shouting about well, Roberto Asuna. Right. And like,
0: and you don't even want to and, get into that, you know, because it's sort of like there's so much bad. And then really the worst part of them was the Taubman thing.
1: I agree. And I think that that's why I'm a little like a little tired of the sign stealing uh, vitriol is that I'm like, right. Like they beat a trash can, not a person, you know? <laughs> Like just, I mean, obviously it's bad and it's terrible and they're cheaters and that sucks. Um, And, you know, but people have been, people have been cheating in baseball since forever. You know, like the the 19th century Phillies, if I've got (laughs) to own what my team did, like cheated using a telegraph or something. And then there was another one where they were like, you know, standing on buzzers in different parts anyway. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Teams have always been trying. But it is just, a
0: great point, though, because you look at that depth chart. Actually, this is the great way to do it. You look at the depth chart and you see all of those guys. You see Altuve. You see Correa. You see Bregman. And the first thing you think of is that cheating scandal because that's been so much in the air. And you're just like, oh, you know. But then you look at the bullpen and there's a still their closer. And you know what? Nobody's even talking about that. You know, nobody's even talking about uh, just the arrogance of that organization for signing him and then and then. Sticking it in people's faces. I mean, just that's. Ugh. Uh, you know what? All right, we've talked enough Astros. I'm too depressed. I'm. I, this is we're we're going to try to lift people's spirits here on this week's podcast from here on in. Excellent. And we're going to do and, and we're going to do that by talking Phillies. about the Phillies. Because here's the thing, here's what oh. I want to start off with your Phillies. Okay. Here's what I want to start off. DD Gregorius is the Phillies shortstop now. What what are you doing with that piece of information?
1: Well, I don't know, (laughs) to be totally honest. I mean, he's a great guy, um, and I'm delighted to have him on my team. He hasn't been so great in spring training so far, but on the other hand, you know, uh, there, there are two main annoying things about spring training, and one is the people who are like spring training statistics don't mean anything. And then the other one are the people who are like spring training statistics mean Correct. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both sides. So yeah, both sides. Yeah, it's a sort of a Scylla and cribitus thing, and there's like no no excellent way through spring training in that regard. Um and you know, I think that the the view is that he's gonna be a sort of defensive upgrade on Segura. Um, but I'm actually not sure whether or not he will be. Um, he wasn't great defensively last year. Of course, he was coming back from Tommy, Tommy John surgery, so maybe an offseason uh, will help. Um, I think what was good last year was that the quality of his contact was still really high, and it mostly seems like he was just striking out a lot more and kind of pressing at the plate. And so hopefully um, – that will kind of calm down, although, you know, having signed a one-year deal with a new team isn't necessarily a recipe for not pressing, but he's he's reunited with Joe Girardi, so that's But he's good. a Yankee. He's a
0: Yankee, and Joe Girardi's a Yankee, and we all know how you feel about the Yankees. There's, it just feels like there's some Yankee-infused tension that has been added to your club.
1: Oh, I actually don't have a problem with that. that. Yeah, I feel like anyone can be saved. <laughs> like okay. anyone can repent okay. and okay. be saved. I mean, as long as as long as long they, you know, it's before the end of their player or managerial career, you know, like obviously A-Rod can't repent. Like he never did. So he's he's damned and, to being a Yankee forever. And yet,
0: and yet, you know, and I don't want to get too deeply into this because this is... Coming up on my uh, on my uh, in my series, the Baseball One Hundred series, but uh, Arod somehow has saved himself somewhat in in his post baseball career, and which stuns me to no end, and, and not necessarily something I want to talk about here on the podcast. But people like some people like him now, like a, like really like him and enjoy him, and he does funny. Vines and when well I vines, I guess vines are dead. But Instagram posts and TikToks, yeah, TikToks. Uh, and he's with jlo Lo, and who's like awesome. And he's still Sunday Night Baseball guy, and like he's the one that players around the league go to for advice on how to like like resuscitate their careers. I mean, it he it's like he has saved himself, and I would have bet anything nah. that that was impossible.
1: Yeah, not nah. He's I mean, I agree that he's like marginally less hateable, but like so is every Yankee player when they're not. Is playing, that true you know?
0: though? I think some stay. Like Barry Bonds, and that that's not a Yankee thing, but like Barry Bonds is no less hated today than he was when he retired. In fact he might be more hated. And rather
1: Yeah, but I think that's kind of unfortunate. Well it is
0: unfortunate. I'm I'm not saying what's right or wrong. I'm saying somehow with Clemens and McGuire and 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 Bonds and you know, Sosa to some degree and some others, that's it. Like they, they really have not been able to walk the path back. And yet a somehow has, and and I'm not entirely sure how that happened, but, but it does seem like it has happened. And I know there are plenty of people out there who hate A-Rod every bit as much as they ever did. I'm not, I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying that he's, he's, he's somehow has, has worked his way back into the mainstream in a way that, uh, that again, I just didn't think was possible. interesting
1: i just don't buy it
0: (laughs) okay well there you go here's what i don't buy i'm looking at my phillies depth chart on mlb.com this was last verified Uh on march 9th 2020 and i'm noticing that the phillies left fielder uh starting left fielder is uh the delightfully named uh, roman uh tradarian quinn okay he is your he's the starting left fielder He's also the starting center fielder on the depth chart and I'm thinking this is genius to play one guy in both positions just just play about this in like left center or something and 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 just don't even worry about it what do you think
1: I mean his defense is that good <laughs> um yeah no the main issue is him uh staying healthy i I think that uh the that is not really. Yeah, I know. I no, think I, it the might the be. Is. It might be
0: a typo. I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm just saying I I like it because now is McCutcheon McCutchen at this point is like going to be the starting left fielder, assuming he's healthy.
1: He is not healthy. He is injured, and so he's going to miss at least the first few uh, weeks of the season. So that is probably why we have Roman Quinn slated in and and left. And honestly, Adam Hazley's defense uh, was so good last year that I could almost believe that y- you could go with a two-man outfield with Adam Hazley and Roman Quinn, which would be sort of delightful. Well, be good because Bryce um, Harper,
0: you know, he's not covering any ground anymore. So. He, well, did. He, played last better year, he was pretty good. Go. Give, give us your prediction for how good Bryce Harper is going to be in 2020.
1: I think that Bryce Harper is going to be better than he was last okay. year. I think he's going to have a good season. I think he's going to have like a. I think last year he actually had did, a good season. He did end up having a good um,
0: season last year.
1: And I think that he's going to be better. You this think year. he'll be an MVP my... candidate?
0: Would you say that? Would you say that's fair?
1: <sighs> I'm a realist optimist. <laughs> Um, so I don't know about that. Well, but um, but be I, better.
0: MVPs. There's you, to be an MVP candidate. You, you can be the 18th best player. I mean, you, as long as you get an MVP vote, you're an MVP candidate. So do you think he'll be good enough to get an MVP vote?
1: Yes. Okay. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that to make a bold prediction that is positive. I like so it. yes,
0: I like it. So no, no, I mean, this is, what what gives you the sense that Bryce Harper... Because Bryce Harper had, like, a good year last year. It ended up being a good year. But for Bryce Harper, what a good year now is, 260 uh, with 100 walks, 35 home runs, uh, 5'10 or so slugging percentage, and, you know, league average, a little bit better than league average defense. That's 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 a good year for Bryce Harper. Now... In 2015, we would not have said that was a good year for Bryce Harper. We would have said that was a, a hugely disappointing year for Bryce Harper, right? We would have said that he, you know, that, that was the year he won the MVP and put up one of the great seasons of the decade. And, and and so, you know, he's not been anything close to that since then, except for very brief stretches before getting injured. So can he be that guy again? He's going to be 27. What do you think?
1: I don't think we're going to see that season again. And I, just because I'm a realist optimist, yeah. I, that's I think that's the realist that, part of you. Yeah. That's the realist part of me. You know, I think that, um, he's an, uh, a, an extremely good baseball player. And I think that there's a little bit of, I think that the Bryce, harper hatred from obviously places outside of philadelphia at this point um come from a kind of a cognitive disconnect with the fact that he's one of the most visible and famous sure baseball players but like not one of the three or five best baseball right. players like i do think that he's one of the 20 best baseball players sure um but yeah just not not he's not mike trout he's not Christian Yelich, she's not Ronald Acuna. Um, And I, I think that, that that, you know, one particular season was partly that average was supported by, I think, a pretty high BABIP that looks like a little bit of an outlier given the rest of his career. So I think that he will have a better season this year than he will last year, but I'm not necessarily expecting him to go back to those those heights. And part of the reason that I'm expecting that is just because it seems like um he he kind of had a better second half to uh, his season than the first half. And I think that he's kind of sometimes just come out of the gate um in previous years absolutely mashing oh my and gosh. so I'm yeah, yeah I'm April's sort of insane yeah, uh, hopeful that uh, that he'll he'll sustain that a little bit more. This year, because he's not really, he's not a person um, by reports who looks at tape uh, and, you know, studies that way. He just sort of like feels how his swing is working and kind of like tinkers from the inside. So I think that those adjustments for him, he added a toe tap last year that was working really well for him. And I think that those adjustments can go a little bit more slowly for him than maybe for some other players. But I think that... uh I think that he found a good thing and I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic that he'll have an even better season this year.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I liked seeing him uh, the second half of last year because before that, what really bothered me and I'm, I've been a, I've been a fan. I mean, I, I like him. I think he's good for the game. I think he's, he's, uh, you know, I, I don't have any problem at all with him being a little bit of a showman, a little bit arrogant. I mean, that's all to me you know, that's, that's part of color and light and and all those things. So I don't have no problem with that. What I did have a problem with was uh, that the pitchers were just throwing fastballs right by him. I, I, that was to me, the most mind blowing part of his sort of slump, you know, Mm and whatever you want to call the two years. I mean, it was, you know, look, he, if people are, you know, found a weakness and were throwing, you know, breaking balls to the right spot and he was hitting in the outs and, you know, there were, you know, line drives and all that. You know, there are lots of ways that you could have sort of a mediocre season, even a player as good as him. But you can't just have people throwing the ball by you. You just can't. Not, not if you're Bryce Harper. I mean, Bryce Harper should just absolutely the harder you throw the, the, the more he should, you know, he should be Jim Tomey like, and that, you know, he's daring you to throw a fastball to him. And, and that was, you know, that was better. Uh, I don't know if it was the toe tap or, or what it was, but second half last year, he started, he started mashing fastballs. And I just thought that was a, that was a big, that's a big step. I don't know if he'll carry that over to this year or not, but, but to me, that was the biggest problem with him was that, for some reason or other, and I don't think it was bat speed, I don't think it was, you know, he lost confidence in his ability to catch up to the fastball, and and I, I you know, that was kind of stunning, really.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing that I think uh, Phillies fans are are trying to derive real optimism about coming into this season, um, despite the the off having you know added uh, Zach Wheeler, who I'm excited about, and and Didi Gregorius, um, but not quite having gotten the uh, I think the needed total reinforcements for the for the rotation, sure. is the fact that we have you know whole new pitching and uh, and hitting coaches um, in Brian Price and Joe Dillon and that, you know, that we have a new manager and, you know, uh, it's one of those things where it's very encouraging to hear how happy all of the pitchers are to be working with Brian Price and how, um, you know, how happy the hitters are to kind of have a new plan and to sort of hear them subtly throw shade on that, which came before is, you know, it it uh, it just it makes you feel kind of like, oh, well, were there were there kind of like two lost years <laughs> under the Gabe Kapler regime, which like I was never like the, you know, well, I was for a brief time, whole, full on like hashtag fire Kapler, um, but kind of tempered my my opinion a little bit and, and remained kind of agnostic on him um, uh, on his tenure as a whole but I think that you know it A thought I I want to be very optimistic about this um and I think that there are some things that the specifically that the pitchers are saying about how they were all being told to be exactly the same kind of pitcher um before and now they're really being allowed to pitch to their own strengths I think that that's a good thing um obviously uh and you know i think that some of the i certainly watched i'm realizing in retrospect a lot of uh gabe kapler uh directives in terms of swinging always swinging with two strikes and trying to sort of like protect the plate and i'm like oh that makes sense why i saw so many stupid strikeouts. Um, (laughs) You know, when I was just like, Reese Hoskins, like you're a better, you have a better eye than that. Like I know that you do. Why did you, why did you swing in that pitch? And so like to discover that, oh, that's because somebody told them to um, is kind of, is is a main cause for optimism. Um, On the other hand, I am sort of aware that it's an easy thing to, to be part of the general like best shape of my life spring training optimism to be like oh yeah like before i was real bad because like somebody told me to be bad so i'm yeah, but, taking but it with that's that great part of it.
0: That's, but you know, it's not fun if you can't go into spring training with unrealistic hopes i mean or you know or, or hopes that that uh that that They're, you know, I'm not agnostic about the I do feel like that's what
1: spring training is supposed to be for. And I think that that's been some of the bummer of this spring training. It's like, I just don't feel that.
0: for No, well, because nobody does. I mean, you're right. I mean, this is, this is.
1: Spring training you know, is supposed to be like little lambs, like gambling on the on the verdant green and, and and you know, like rabbits with candy like that's It's supposed to be that kind of like Easter of baseball.
0: Yeah, it's supposed and to be a joy. It's supposed to be a joy. And and it's not. It's not been a joy. And
1: it's felt more and, like the President's Day of baseball. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's been it's been kind of kind of dismal. And I don't know. When and how that fog lifts, but I gotta believe it will. And and you know maybe it will take games to be played. By the way, you mentioned uh, in your in your uh, sort of uh, soliloquy of 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 where Bryce Harper plays in the game, you know his place in the game. You mentioned you know that he was he was one of the twenty best, but he was not you know one of the best best. And so then you mentioned a couple of names. You mentioned Trout and you mentioned Yelich. And then maybe I'm wrong, but I thought I heard you sort of like I don't know, brace yourself before I saying think- Ronald Acuna. I, I I you know I I think that people here on need to understand that that you're 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 not a very uh, you don't love the Braves. The Braves are not your favorite team uh by by any stretch of the imagination. So my question now then is as we go through you you you've looking at this thing as optimistically as you can. Who's going to win that division? Who's going to win the uh, the uh, National League East?
1: Oh, the Braves. See, Probably that's the not Braves.
0: optimistic. You don't believe. You don't want to believe that.
1: I, I don't. Optimistically, I feel like I, I'm still rooting for the Phillies to 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 maybe you know win the wild card. Okay, I so mean, even
0: even in your happiest uh, of things, you are not saying the Phillies could win the division. Uh, well.
1: I mean, I do feel like they're a little bit Schrodinger's Phillies right now. Like they, right. like they're inside right. the box and they're like both alive and dead at the same time. <laughs> and, and I do feel like I don't totally know what to expect from this team. And partly that's because, you know, I feel like in uh, 2019 we saw – nobody really overperformed their expectations. Everybody either was kind of like, yeah, that's like maybe about what we can expect from them or maybe slightly worse or like, oh, that's that's their worst season so far. Right. Right. So um, like that's why I kind of feel like on the one hand, we're due a pendulum swing in the other direction. And then I'm also like, but that's a logical fallacy. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, that's not the way that, luck works you know it's not um, it's not just that because somebody had a a sort of a slightly underperforming season last year they're like due for a lot of positive regression this year Um, so but I do feel like yes if everything breaks right if all you know if if Zach Wheeler like maintains his level of excellence if Aaron Nola is you know maybe not 2018 Aaron Nola but like but just slightly more um, even than he was in sure. 2019. If, you know, actually maybe Brian Price makes a big difference. And like we see a, a Vince Velasquez and a Nick Pavetta uh, and a, and a Zach Heflin that we've never seen, like maybe Jake Arrieta isn't a number five starter, which is sort of my fear at this point. Like, who knows maybe all of the lottery tickets that they scratched for the bullpen will pan out, but it does feel like a lot of, it feels like a lot of who knows. And I kind of feel like that's why the Phillies were so adamant about not going over the luxury tax. And it bums me out because I'm like, you should believe in the team that you've built and you should back that up by getting another starter Rather than just kind of being like, well, we'll see what happens, because if everything clicks this year, it doesn't mean that like, oh, OK, then we're just going to be great for 2021 when we add another pitcher, like because also that's not how luck works. So, I mean, I do feel like there's a tremendous amount of talent on this team uh, and that we haven't seen that sort of be put together in the last couple of years. And so, yeah, like I do feel like there's, there's a wildest dream in which they win the division, but it doesn't feel like a realistic dream.
0: I just think that division is look, it's, it's to me, it's the weirdest division other than Miami, which, you know, doesn't count. It's the weirdest division to me in that I think any of those four teams could be really good. And any of those four teams could, could really struggle. I mean, even, you know, the Nationals, every single thing went right for the Nationals uh, last year and, you know, Rendon's gone and, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, that team could, it would it surprise me if that team won the division. It would not. It would not. It would surprise me if that team finished fourth in the division. It would not. And I feel the same way about the Mets. I mean, I, it would be more surprising to me if they won the division, but but possible? I think Bakota projected them to win the division. That's what I mean. I mean? It's possible, of course, it is. It's possible. And I feel
1: like they failed to take into consideration, like, is the Mets in that particular?
0: <laughs> you know, that's what, I've
1: always said
0: Projection, that one but... problem with Bakota is they don't have the is this team the Mets like code in there. Like, if you think like, like it should just be oh, is this team the Mets? Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Let's let me let me adjust all the numbers. You know, uh, uh, appropriately. Um, and so, yeah, oh, and by the way, the reverse code would be the Yankees. The exact reverse code would be the Yankees'd it be like, seen yes. oh, the Yankees, yeah, let's add a bunch to to each of these players. Let's make Mike talkman good because they're the Yankees, so um, yeah, I think that but but again, I, they could they could win the division I mean they, you know they've they've got the best pitcher, they've got you know they've they've their offensive score. The Phillies had ten guys who hit double digit home runs last year which is crazy. Yeah, the first time that's ever happened in team history. And admittedly, everybody hit home runs last year, but uh, nobody knows what it's going to be like this year. With
1: Well, with their ball, pitchers right? surrendered way more home runs than the team hit.
0: Yeah, but, but that's, again, but the point is, the ball was such a factor in 2019 that nobody really knows what it's going to be like in 2020 yet. And, and you know, there's, if, if, if home runs are reduced at, you know, or something, it entirely changes the whole dynamic of all of these teams. You know, I mean, it, it, it makes offense significantly different because without home runs, suddenly strikeouts and, and uh, those are a lot more, uh, a lot more painful, you know? And, and it's, so it's a, I, I do think that, that one way to start feeling pretty excited about 2020 is to think about what the game is going to be like on the field. And we don't really know. I mean, you do have to sort of believe that that adjustments will be made to the baseball so that it's not this, you know, flying circus like it was last year. And if that's the case and suddenly, you know, maybe the Phillies' penchant for giving up all those home runs goes down dramatically and and suddenly they're a factor. I, I don't know. Yeah. And, you know, and and I I do think the Braves for me are the are the most talented team but that Braves rotation has has its issues as well as does their bullpen and and so you know I I don't know I mean to me the other thing that I would have to say about baseball in general and I'd be curious to hear what you think you know in the American League we don't know what's going to go on with the Yankees and injuries we don't know what's going to go on with Houston and whatever they do but in general you look at the you know last year the five teams that made the playoffs were the Yankees the Rays the Twins, the Astros, and the and the Athletics, and it's going to be those same five teams. It feels like it doesn't feel like anybody. I mean, is going to break through. The Red Sox aren't even trying, and the Angels are the Angels, despite you know going and getting uh, some help. Is the Angels, yes? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just they're just that's what they are. And and then in the National League, it feels like the Dodgers are the only like sure thing in the entire league to me. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think that there there are. I'm excited about the White Sox. Like, I don't I don't know if I don't I I don't know. No, I I like, I'm gonna, I'm I, I would
0: agree with you on the White Sox. I don't know
1: if, but I think that that's I think that that's really exciting. I think like I love divisions where like sort of like the NL East where it it does feel like there even if there's a probable outcome a lot of different things could happen that's always the most exciting thing to watch for me and i feel like
0: feel like anything i mean that feels like twins and then maybe the white because cleveland seems to have thrown in the towel to me yeah Uh, and especially you know Lindor at some point is is gonna you know be sent off the royals and tigers are horrendous so you know it feels to me like like Maybe, but it doesn't But it doesn't seem like the White... I mean, White Sox finished 28 and a half games behind the Twins last year. It doesn't feel to me like you combine how much worse the Twins have gotten, which is I don't think at all, and how much better the White Sox have gotten, like that that is a real race. But I hope I'm wrong, because I do like... You know, we have been waiting for that White Sox team. I've been waiting for that Padres team. Is that Padres team going to be interesting this year? I don't know.
1: I think it is going to be interesting this year. I, I don't know about... Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be the year or if it's going to be like, you know, in the next couple of years that the Padres are really more of a force to be reckoned with. Um, It does seem like the Dodgers are going to be good, like, for the rest of time. Oh, yeah. They're never getting bad again. They're Yeah, that's, um, you know, that I guess that sort of makes that division, like, slightly less interesting, even though I really love the Diamondbacks. Um, Like, I I just. For what? (laughs) I <laughs> love love him in
0: general, or just love this particular diamond. Oh, Back
1: team? like this particular Diamondbacks oh. team, and like yeah, I I'm just super into the sort of maneuvering of Mike Hazen. Like yeah. I I kind of have a crush on him, and I don't even totally know what he looks like, but I just feel <laughs> it like doesn't he's... matter he's done so many smart things you know in terms of like shipping Granky and then signing bumgarner but like also i have these prospects and like oftentimes you know i remember even with the goldschmidt trade i was like oh i think i think actually the diamondbacks got a good deal on on this and and like yeah i just feel like he's made a lot of smart trades and i understand that the that the world is full of people who are like, what are they doing? Are they contending or not contending? Why are they playing in the middle? And I'm like that maybe, I don't know, maybe that's the market and efficiency because that's the one thing that like nobody else is trying to do or not nobody else because obviously the, the Rays are sort of similar tinkerers and I kind of have a crush on them for the same reason.
0: Yeah, I think the Rays do it a little better. I'm not to not to downplay the... the uh, but... but I feel
1: like everybody knows that the Rays do that. Well, yeah, whereas just I'm just like, just I see you Diamondbacks. <laughs> I see you. I'm I mean, I also here. love Cattell Marte. He's my new boyfriend. Well,
0: he's so. wonderful. And I really, really am excited about the possibility of the uh, Diamondbacks having somebody named Marte at every single position. I think yes. that's pretty exciting. Cornering uh, the market on Marte's. All Marte's. Because, you know, they have now right up the middle, you got your second base and your center fielder as Marte's. Uh, I'm all for Marte everywhere. Just, a, just an it's entire- a Marte Parte. A Marte Parte, a Martini. So I I would love to see uh that happen. I got to be honest with you. I, I and you know, I, again, not looking to be right or wrong, I think Bumgarner's going to get absolutely destroyed in that ballpark. I I just don't I don't think that that his stuff he's already seems to be diminishing anyway and now you take him out of San Francisco and that great ballpark and you put him in, you know, sort of Coors Field South or whatever. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I didn't, I got why they made that move, but I didn't love that move. I gotta be honest. I
1: mean, it's true that his home road splits are very, very disconcerting, but actually I think since the humidor, I think that the, the sort of park effects for, uh, they're I don't not, even, not are, are, are not actually that bad. I feel like they're like 20th out of 30 for actually like favorability for a pitcher at this point. I'm just saying all of that off the top of my head so I could be. <laughs> I, I like,
0: though, you pulled out numbers. See, this is, you say you're not numeric, but boy, that was just, you pulled that right out. Um, it's an
1: approximation. <laughs>
0: well, no, it's you're right. No, no, you're 100% right. Look, it's not a pitcher's park, it's a hitter's park. It maybe leans less so than than it did, but it still leans toward hitting. And San Francisco, of course, such a great pitcher's park. And not only that, but such a great park for him. You know, I mean, he was such yeah. a hero in San Francisco. That place rocked like like no other park in baseball when they were good and 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 you know so I mean it was just it was magical there and then of course the injuries and everything else and I
1: you know you're not taking into consideration is how happy he's going to be to be near his horses (laughs) That is true. That is true.
0: Yeah. He, he probably is actually between between uh, games going to just go ahead and and
1: uh maybe and, between innings. He's just going to go out and like ride around at around at the, yeah, around the yeah, parking lot. By the way, they
0: have Cole Calhoun in in uh, there now and uh and not that he wasn't there before, but I mean they have Cole Calhoun. And I I don't know. It just some players, like I, I see them, I'm like, oh yeah, that guy he's still around. Like that guy still plays. And Cole Calhoun, who is not ancient by any stretch of the imagination, uh, he's just one of those guys that I like like usually it's in June, so I'm happy I'm doing it this early. But in June or July, I'll suddenly look around and I'll go, Oh, they have wait, Cole Calhoun's playing. I like he's still he's still in baseball. That's good for him. Good for Cole Calhoun.
1: And the crazy thing is, do you know how many home runs he hit last year?
0: I have absolutely no idea how many home runs he hit last year.
1: Thirty-three. Yeah, no, it, it, it's like you're... that's not just like he's around. Like that's that's more home runs than Reese Hoskins hit. I mean, sorry, Reese, but like it's true. Like <laughs> yeah, but he, he, he's. But he he's... also
0: hit two thirty-two and 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 didn't, you know with a three twenty-five on base percentage, and everybody hit home runs. I, I don't know. I mean, again. Uh, not uh, I'm uh, I'm Cole Calhoun has also won a Gold Glove, so think of how many how many players in baseball history have have hit 30 home runs in a season and also won a Gold Glove in their career. I mean, this guy's already there. Can't be more than 200 of those people probably in baseball history,
1: right? I feel like you're the authority on baseball history <laughs> in this particular podcast.
0: That is not true. That it's is not true. true. Ugh. Yeah, I'm uh, becoming too much.
1: Anyway, I have one thing that I wanted to say about your beautiful soliloquy um, earlier uh, regards the w- what baseballs are we going to get? The like, you know, exciting, the, the Schrodinger's baseball, if you will, sure. um, which is that, yes, I think that actually I, I wanted to say this earlier. It is one of the most exciting things, I think, for for like real fans of baseball to be like, what baseball are we going to get? We we don't know. Um, However, a couple of pitchers, one of them on the Phillies, um, have come out and said that the spring training ball feels different than the ball last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Zach Eflin said that it was sort of softer and that he could feel the seams better and that last year's ball sort of felt like throwing a cue ball. I still remember uh, Noah Syndergaard comparing last year's ball to uh, dogs trying to pick up ice cubes. (laughs) Um, Wonderful. Yes, and then the other the other pitcher, I remember who it is, but they'll remain nameless because they're part of the evil empire. Um, but they said through a translator that they also thought felt, felt like the ball was um, was uh, was, was a little good. bit more like the twenty seventeen ball.
0: Yeah, I, I look. I there's very little doubt in my mind that baseball is going to change the baseball. I, I mean, they can talk all they want about it, but but you know it it became it became really bad last year. I mean, it really did. It it, it it was one of those things where, uh, you know, at first it was like, oh, this is kind of fun and funny. And every, the ball's just, and then after a while, it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. I mean, there were already too many home runs being hit, And now this is flying out. I think baseball should really think about using a different ball every year and like making a big introduction at the beginning of the year. Like they put up baseball, like they have, like the commissioner will have like a gift box on his desk Like on, you know, as he, as he addresses the nation essentially, and there's like a little gift box and you don't know. And then he opens it up and pulls it out and it goes, this is the kind of, this is the ball we're going to be using this year. And, and, you know, people ask him like, well, what's it going to do? Like, ah, you'll have to wait and find out. And each year, like one year, it'll be a dead ball. Like you'll, you'll be back playing like in 1917 and, and, and it's just going to be a completely dead ball. And then one year it'll be like the super, like the super ball, like it was last year. And I, like, I would think baseball would have a lot of fun just kind of just moving the ball around, just, just, just making it each season has its own sort. And then people would remember like, ah, remember the year that they, that they used the, like the half baseball. Remember that, you know, it would just be, just think there would be like a certain amount of fun. Uh, in, in, in this, uh, they're, they're obviously not going to do anything like that and not even going to admit that they're changing the baseball, but I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that they are changing the baseball. Yeah.
1: That doesn't year. feel that different from what we have now, except for just transparency, just being right. honest about right. it. Yeah. They, yeah.
0: they don't want to do, they don't want to do, and yeah. they never have, you know, I, I was just doing a piece for, for those of you that, uh, are unaware. I am counting down the hundred greatest baseball players over at the athletic and, um, it is, uh, it is, it is breaking me because I'm writing a hundred essays in a hundred days. And, and that is just not something that anybody should do, but, but I am, and it's, and it's fun. And, and one of the, one of the pieces I just wrote recently, and I wouldn't even be able to tell you which player it was for, was about how, when dead ball ended, so dead ball ended between 1920 and 1921, essentially. And, and you know, uh, it was, it was night and day. I mean, you know, 1920, uh, Babe Ruth had 50 plus home runs and, you know, the record had been 27 and, and everything just fundamentally changed. And even then baseball said they didn't do anything to change the baseball. Like even then they were fine. They said, Oh, it's because the spitball was outlawed uh, because they started replacing baseballs during games. You know, they used to let them, play until the balls were lopsided and they would keep using the same ball. They started replacing the balls more. And, uh, and, and, um, you know, they said that hitters started, uh, swinging differently that they started, you know, it was sort of the, 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 uh, you know, the, the uh, launch angle of the day, right. was that Babe Ruth would hold the bat at the very bottom. Rogers Hornsby would hold the bat at the very bottom and they would swing through. And that was a whole new way of hitting. So, even then with the most obvious change in the history of sports between the ball they actually called the dead ball and live ball MLB still didn't want to admit they changed the ball. I don't know what the problem is. Just just say, you know, be transparent and say, "Look, yeah, the ball's different this year. We didn't want it to be. We didn't we didn't purposely make it different, but it's different and we're going to we're going to bring it back because this is ridiculous. There're too many home runs being hit." Instead, it's got to be like, no, nothing's changed. Uh, you know, the pitchers are different. No, the launch angle. Give me a break.
1: Yeah. The theme here is really that that baseball, as much as baseball seems to change, it basically stays the same. So, you know, it's still always people somehow trying to use the newfangled technology of the day to steal the opposing catcher's signs. And it is uh, baseball a commissioner lying to us about things that's, <laughs> that's
0: what it is that's it that's that's really it that's it and and uh and bartolo Colon is always in it that's basically and always
1: bartolo Colon.
0: there's always a bartolo Colon somewhere in in the mix
1: okay i just imagined in my head bartolo Colon in sort of like 19th century baseball, baseball with that
0: hat uniform with, that, like, with, with
1: that, that with the yeah with the like weird little you know yeah. s- small little hats yeah and then Bartolo Colon in some kind of like, you know, super early, scratchy, undercranked, jerky footage. Um, and it made my day. So it should make you happy. That. Yes. Yes. It in does. fact, in fact did, I did make think me happy. if people
0: out there want to feel happier about baseball, think about Bartolo Cologne on like the Philadelphia Quakers of like 1889 yes. or yes. something. Yeah, I think that would, it that, that, that should make you happy. That should bring joy to everybody. All right, here we go. it is time for our baseball draft. talk about things that that are gonna make people happy. We are drafting uh today we are drafting great things about going to a ball game. Look, could we could we be more on the nose than that frankly I mean we're we're just we just want to give you a little bit of like baseball joy and hope going into the season. so, so we're drafting great, the best things, the greatest things about going to a ball game, right? Is that how we describe it? Is yes. that fair? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I'm I'm very excited about this, and uh, grateful that this will naturally uh, uplift us, despite my inability to uplift us earlier. So <laughs> you,
0: you you have a chance to make amends, Ellen. Yes. This is, I, exactly. This is, this is I can your, repent.
1: This is your moment. All right. You have the first pick. Hooray. Okay. So I want to say that I'm very excited about this draft for a lot of reasons first. Um, And uh, one of them is because unlike other drafts that you and I have done in the past, I feel like though there are plenty of things that are fun about going to a baseball game, there's nevertheless, there's like a few ones that you would expect. There's not an infinite number of things that you might list you know so like the first time we drafted together we drafted Shakespeare lines there's sure. like a lot of Shakespeare lines there are. but I also feel like this draft is super talent heavy at the top so I'm very grateful to have the first pick because <laughs> I feel like there's a number of things that are essentially first round talent sure. and that I'm going to just be able to wait on them and still get some kind of like you know Arenado Alex Bragman, Freddie Freeman in the second round, and I'm stoked about it. Sure. So my interpretation of this, because crucially, we do not talk about what our interpretation of the thing is going to be until we are actually drafting. That is correct. My interpretation of this is what is fun about going to a baseball game instead of watching a baseball game on TV at home. Okay. So... Baseball in and of itself has many things that fill me um with joy and appreciation for being alive, but these are the things about uh going to a game. Sure. So I am going to take first overall cheering. I have to take this. Cheering, sure. Ha- cheering. Um, because it's wonderful. Um, cheering is wonderful, but also because I I have very uh specific and personal guidelines for cheering myself. Yes. Um, and this is developed in uh, response to what I feel like I have seen as inferior cheering. Um, two specific events uh, really set off the creation of my system. One was a guy who was just booing at Jay Bruce, who was on his team at the time. This was uh, at City Field at like everything. And I was just like, that's, don't, don't be that guy. And then two was a guy who yelled out one time, Hey Scherzer, you suck. And I was like, that's just terrible. Okay. Like it's negative. I don't, I never want to be negative. Right. And it's just factually inaccurate. Like it's Max incorrect. Scherzer it's does not, does not suck. No. So my main rules for cheering are number one, be specific. Like Hit a soft single to the gap or induce a grounder for a double play, something like that. Don't just be like, hit a home run. Like anybody could just waltz in, not know the rules of baseball and be like, hit a home run. So be creative, which in my case, uh, I really like to use stats. Sure. So this can be traditional or advanced stats. So it could be like, you know, don't get an extra base hit for me. Get one for your OPS. Or it could be like, let's get that WRC plus closer to 150, or like sure. 100 if it's kind of sad. Uh, or this is my personal all-time favorite cheer: is Don't be a hero. Just do anything that will positively affect your weighted on-base average. Right. Always gets a good response. Sure it does. Um, people love also, the WOBA. They love the, the WOBA. They do. And they love the like weird, awkward, overly long cheers in my experience. So, yes, you want it to be, you know, so like I'm rooting for an increase in your K minus BB rate like is great. Go for it. Um, I always cheer for more than a run scored or a strikeout. I use sort of ladies love in this particular case because I can because I'm a lady. So like ladies love plate discipline for a walk or ladies love smartly executed defensive plays for a smartly executed defensive play so yeah I had to take cheering I love it I love it
0: cheering is a huge part you can't you can do it at home but it's it doesn't do anything it's
1: not the same Yeah, it doesn't do anything even though I'm very frequently watching the game from the third deck and I know that the player can't hear me it still it feels emotionally and spiritually different to to cheer them on like in the same you know area code than it would be to do it from my from my home couch
0: no it's 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 just way better, so this is good i I'm glad that first of all, it's an excellent pick, but I'm glad that you have 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 uh clarified what this draft is because that wasn't necessarily the way I saw the draft at at all, and as you know, we don't ever discuss this and 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 uh really really just draft whatever we want to draft so I'm glad you did this because this does clarify my list of, 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 uh, of traffic. But you could do a different rule if you wanted to, I, right? I could, but, but I don't think it would be as fun if I went in a completely different direction. So I'm going to basically keep your, I'm not saying I'm going to entirely follow your lead, but I'm going to basically keep your, your general rule in place, which is why it's great to go to a baseball game versus watching it on TV. And, and, I and, that basically takes out a lot of the things that we would normally talk about how great it is to see a triple, how great it is to, to, you know, do these things. I I want things that are specific to being at the game. So my first pick, I will feed entirely off of yours, which is I love going to baseball games with friends, talking to them during the game and then having people around us join our conversation uninvited. So this is like my, one of my favorite things yes. in the world. And I usually, when I go, I try to count how many innings it'll be before, uh, people will join our conversations uninvited. Cause I, if I, if you invite them, it's not as fun. Like if you say to somebody like the guy next to you, like, Hey, what do you think? You know, that's not as fun. I want them to be so into it that they like jump in just jump in. And I've done this with many people, you know, my favorite, some of my favorite baseball people. I've gone with Bill James. I've gone with, with uh, former players and so on. And, and it is so fun because people around you, like they'll, they'll like hear you say something and they'll perk up like in the first inning, they'll be like, Oh, what's going on here? You know? And they're listening to you and they don't know, like if they can come in, which they are always, by the way, if you see me, at a ball game and I'm talking to somebody jump in this. That's, that's the fun. The fun of it is you jumping in, but they don't, they don't want to right away. They're a little, they, maybe they recognize the person I'm with, or maybe they, they, you know, just, you know, they, they they don't want to get in the middle of it. Maybe
1: they recognize you, Joe. No, but maybe they don't.
0: (laughs) If they recognize me, they would jump right in and and tell me that I was an idiot for where I ranked Sandy Koufax. So, I mean, it's, there's no, (laughs) There'd be no delays on that, but but um, but they'll think about it. They'll be like listening, and they're like, oh, you know, and you can see them wanting to come in, and they don't. And then after a while, they realize that this stupid commentary is going to go on all game long. That I'm not, we're not going to stop. And then suddenly, they start jumping in, and they start jumping in with their opinions, and they tell their stories, and 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 they they offer their you know their thoughts on the game, and. Like that's, I love that. I just think that's so much fun. I I think baseball is a communal thing. I'm not a big cheerer. I've I've never been a particularly big cheerer. Even when I was a kid, I, you know, I, I, it's not that I'm opposed. I do cheer. I'm not, I'm not a social, you know, I don't have social anxiety about cheering or anything, but generally that's not where my, my, but I go, but I talk about the game all the time and And uh, it's really fun when people jump in and that is something that cannot happen at home unless my daughters happen to walk in, at which point they're not going to be asking me about the game. They're going to be asking me for money. So it's not the same thing. (laughs) And and so uh, that's my first pick is going to the game and having people join into your baseball conversation.
1: It is a very excellent pick and does kind of like genuinely disrupt my, my draft board a little bit. But, you know, as I said, I think there's a lot of really high end talent in this draft. There is. And, you know, I think what is an important consideration in your taking that is the the very high uh, level of baseball discourse in both information and delightfulness that I'm sure any baseball conversation with you entails. Oh. And so that, yes, I'm sure that like people are just drawn to that conversation, like a, you know, like a moth to the flame. And I'm, I'm sure that you end up having really excellent conversations with people.
0: No, eventually they um, yell at me. I mean, it does get to that point eventually, but it just,
1: usually it takes, I don't minute. believe it. Oh, sure. All right. <laughs> um, but yes, camaraderie with other baseball fans is, uh, is definitely, uh, A fun thing and for me I'm I'm often like rooting for the enemy in the park and so sometimes that can be harder but I find that then when you find the other person who is the fan of your same team it's like even more rewarding and you fall into each other's arms like brothers yeah um and I will always remember the very fun time that uh Uh, My husband, Eric, and I went to City Field and ended up sitting behind Sir Anthony Dominguez's grandfather. (laughs) And it was so sweet. It was so sweet. That's delightful. All right. Your second pick. So for my second pick, uh, um, somebody already took Decca Larange. Okay. (laughs) Um, I am going to pick watching whatever you want to watch. Ooh, I like it. So this is obviously... Versus at home on TV, they're telling you exactly what you can watch at that moment. But I love to watch other things because I don't necessarily get the opportunity to watch those things. So I'm very often like watching the defense instead of watching the offense when I go to a game. Like I love being like, oh, look at the way that the, you know, the shortstop and the second baseman are moving around because it's two strikes or, you know, like as soon as the ball is hit, looking at like who did somebody get a great jump on it? Like not watching the ball so much, but like watching the fielders is one of my favorite things. And you know, and then also um, kind of deciding actually, no, for right now, I'm gonna really see if I can tell which pitch is which pitch uh, without you know looking at the at the screen. And um, uh, or also, I think you know between innings not not having to watch commercials instead just getting to watch like the guys you know throwing the baseball around the horn and the pitcher warming up and all that stuff I love it I just love like watching baseball behavior that would not be otherwise televised I
0: love it I love it and I'm and I'm just gonna feed right off of your pick again I'm just gonna go right off of your pick because my second pick is going to be Getting to watch um, them throw the ball around the infield before between innings—it's huge. It's so that is good. such an important part of the game to me. There, there is something about baseball on television. The baseball on television is still great. I mean, I, baseball is great in all forms, and and baseball on television is wonderful. But as it has become more and more the way that we consume the game, uh, and you know, this being the case now where you know, I don't even know what the percentage of people who watch baseball with any regularity um, would be at the ballpark. It would be a very small percentage because, because of local television and how much people in every city are watching the game. These are the number one shows and in, in, you know, I don't know, 15 or 18 markets, like the number one show on television in those markets is, is baseball. So people are watching baseball, but they're not going to the park in, in the same, uh, numbers, uh, particularly over the last few years. And I do wonder if like some of the things that are getting cut off, it's sort of like you see, you see the picture, but, but, but a couple of corners are cut off and there are things that, that under normal circumstances, you don't, you don't like, think about like they're they're, it's not important like why would it be important to watch them you know throw the ball around the infield between innings or or see the outfielders warm up their arms and stretch their arms and it's not in and of itself not important but when it's a part of the entire experience it's it's kind of like a different game it's like a little bit of a different game when you're watching uh you know whoever it is, you're watching, you know, the, the, the nationals, uh, you know, roll the ball around the infield between innings and, and, and kind of laughing and they're throwing and, and you see the pitcher warming up and then you see the catcher throwing on to second base, uh, versus watching like a Sonic commercial. Like that. there's just, they're just different. And, and the experience to me is so much fuller and richer when you just, you just don't have the game, uh, interrupted by other things, yeah. not to say that there aren't plenty of interruptions at the ballpark. There are, but you don't have to, you, you can ignore them and just,
1: yeah, you can watch whatever you want to watch
0: right? during, but even like before, while, while they're not playing, like while the commercials are going on at home. And uh, I just think it's a, so much deeper and fuller experience. So that's my pick.
1: Yeah, no, I obviously agree. Cause like you, there, there will always be something else. Do you know what I mean? There will be like the, child running over to steal a base or there will be like somebody answering trivia questions but like you don't you don't have to watch that i mean obviously at home you don't have to watch the commercial but but you have to leave you you can't you you can can mute them or something but you can't watch the baseball activity instead of watching the commercial your choice is to like watch your phone or watch the commercial (laughs) instead of like you know watch uh I don't know. And by the Somebody way, I am not to a... do a bunch of chin ups in, or watching the baseball. <laughs> but you could do
0: that too. Um, by the way, I am not opposed to um, to some of those in between inning things. I mean, I think some of those trivia games and 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 uh, and you know, kissing cams and and, uh, and 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 you know, watching trying to see whether the ball is under the hat. You know, which which hat the ball is on. Classic. All, all of those things. Yes those are, those are fine and they're fun and kids like them. And, 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 you know, I, it always annoys me with people are like, ah, baseball, you yeah, know, used to be enough. And well, kids are different now. And, and I want, you know, kids to have a blast. I, when I took my kids to the ballpark, those were some of their favorite parts of the game where we're seeing that stuff. So I'm not down on those things. I'm just saying that while those are going on, you can also still watch, you know, you know, Mike Trout, the center field, just, just mm-hmm. throwing the ball around there. That's, it's kind of fun, and 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 you know, you just don't get that at home, and and I think it's an important part of the game.
1: Agreed, agreed. Excellent yeah. on on all counts. Um, is it my pick it again? Is. It is your okay. pick. Okay, that's what we do. It. So, yeah, that sort of made me thought of think of something else that's kind of specific, but it might be close enough to watching whatever you want to watch. So, in interest of diversifying the team that I am drafting, sure. I am gonna I am gonna go in a different direction. Okay, and I am gonna. This is maybe sort of controversial. Um, It's kind of like maybe a high risk, high reward type of a pick. But we're in the middle of the draft, so I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to pick being outside. Wow. So I'm a person who loves summer. I pretty much, I get hot like two or three times a year. I run very cold. So like I love to actually be outside yeah. in the middle of summer and to just sit even if my legs are kind of like sticking to the seats I just really I enjoy an activity especially like I I've almost always lived in cities I love an activity a that's like one of my favorite things but that I get to enjoy that activity just like sitting outside on a lovely summer evening or even like sweating on a you know hot summer day I'm I'm here for all of it because Like I just feel like I want to be a person and be outside and be in the world and that I get to watch baseball while I do that is a real added benefit. But I understand that with being outside in July, which is an issue for some people but not for me, I must also take being outside in April. And I am still choosing this for number three. Wow. Because I just – love baseball so much that I still kind of love the activity of like all right we're just going to bundle up and like go to a baseball game. And because like I always go to at least like 20 baseball games per year, I go to a lot of baseball games. Like I don't I don't go there looking cute, you know. I go In April, in like all of the warmest clothes that I own, I wear like two pairs of pants. I wear a couple pairs of socks. I wear like my big winter coat scarf and I bring a blanket because I know I'm going to be sitting outside for four hours. And I always see people in the line, men and women, just like wearing a short sleeve T-shirt or like just wearing their cute little jean jacket. And I'm just like amateurs because I know... That they're like, oh, like I can wear this outside. This is fine. But like you can wear that outside to walk to the train. You can't sit in the shade for four hours in that. I'm like, those people are going to be cold. Um, And because they're Yankees fans, I'm not going to give them my blanket. Um, But so, yeah, I even, even though being outside in the elements um, is sometimes not always pleasant. Um, we are still talking the baseball season and not the football season. It's like rarely gonna snow. So I'm here for it.
0: Well, I think people need to understand what you say when you say you run cold. Um, I have been with Alan in places uh and times that were exorbitantly hot, like very <laughs> hot, desert hot in my in my view. Um And she's still wearing uh, a scarf and a jacket and, and, and also has a bag, you know, complete with like three blankets in case. Cause you do, you really do run extraordinarily uh, cold. So, so my question for you then is, cause you do, you are choosing outside. um, Mm -hmm. If given the option, pure option of watching a baseball game outside in April or watching a baseball game in a dome and, and air, uh, uh, I guess air heated, air protected, uh climate controlled uh atmosphere in in one of those domed parks, which would you choose?
1: Follow-up question. Is this Tropicana Field? <laughs> it
0: it could be, doesn't have to be. It could be uh Houston or it could be um uh, one of the other uh the other parks.
1: Hmm that's a very excellent question and, I mean, I guess it really depends on, like, is it precipitating? No, no, it's, it's not precipitating. It, no, no, rain okay, is like a then whole I think separate I'd, thing. I think I'd rather be outside. So you'd
0: rather be cold. You would rather be, like, really, really cold than, than a little more comfortable. I, I like it. That would, that would defend your outdoor pick. Because otherwise, your outdoor pick is, is kind of like, you know, you basically, even as drafting it, you're essentially telling it it's not going to start.
1: Yeah. No. 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 I feel like it's part of it's part of the experience. Is that like I feel like we we live, or at least I live, a sort of very indoor type of a life. Sure. And and. Yeah, like being outside, but be crucially, being able to wear as many clothes as I want well, to wear.
0: Yeah, yeah there's, there are no because, limits on this.
1: Like very often when I am filming something outside, I am not allowed to wear as many clothes as I want to wear. So like I am very cold and like would in some ways prefer if we were shooting in a soundstage on that day. But it's because like I'm a woman, so I'm always, you know, just wearing something cute. And not practical.
0: Well you were just you just played uh were you a sheriff in the Oh that's in, true. In yes this, and you know and you got to war what looked to me like and this was in the movie Trick, right? This the yes. horror movie trick if if you're if you're into slasher movies uh, available, I assume it's, I think it's available on. on, Yeah, uh, It's
1: actually, it's a, it's on, it's on Hulu right now. And it's Halloween themed. So it's the perfect time of year to watch it. Everybody go out and see it.
0: It's all anybody's talking about right now is, is Halloween at the moment. So, uh, so if you want to see trick, please do. But in the movie, uh, Alan plays a sheriff and, and in the photos that, that you showed me, I was like, that jacket looks unbelievably bulky and 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 thick and y- you alerted me that it was not and you were freezing the entire time
1: i it was some of the coldest i've ever been in my life yeah yeah
0: <laughs> it's, it's you are really that's that's you though that's just you you have a very specific thing but i'm gonna okay. go i'm gonna once again feed off of your pick because that's what we do here uh and with my third pick i'm going to take um the senses the other senses uh mm. that that are that are uh tickled when you go to a ball game. So you can smell and you can hear. And it's just that is so different from you know watching a game on television. You know, you can smell the cut grass, you can smell the food. There's just a particular sound at a ballpark with the people chattering and with the with the crack of the bat and with with the you know with with uh you know the the beer vendor shouting and and the music playing and there is it's wonderful. It's like, you know, I've often thought, you know, there's a, there's a very famous quote that um, Reggie Jackson gave about Tom Seaver, where he said that Tom Seaver was so great that blind people come to the park just to hear him pitch. And hmm. I know he was, you know, joking in, in his way, but, but I, I find a lot of Reggie's uh, sort of jokes to be much more profound if you think about them. And I think it would be amazing if to, to come here, Tom Seaver pitch, I, I just think there would be, you would, you would get the feel the way each pitch alerted the crowd and and the way people responded. And there's nothing quite like that sound of a ball coming off the bat. And you don't know if it's a home run or not a home run and the crowd all raises their voice and to, you know, together. And then if it's caught at the warning track, that, that awe, you know, but then if it goes over the fence, the way that that lifts into a whole other place, um, it's just, it's just the, the, you know, everything that's not visual, um, about going to a game is, is just wonderful and lovely and, and, uh, and a huge part. And I have thought, you know, Buck O'Neill used to always say that he could tell, um, uh, he could tell about, uh, um, how well a ball was hit uh, by the sound of how the ball came off the bat. And he could see, he could tell whether it was a foul ball, essentially. And, and I have tried in the past to close my eyes and, and, and do the same thing. And, and I'm not uh, as good at it as, as he was, uh, which is to say not good at it at all. But, uh, but the fact that, that this is all going on all at once, uh, I think is a, a magical part of baseball.
1: Yeah, the sounds of baseball, like the you know the crack of the bat and the thock of the glove, they have been much elegized for good reason. Yes, they're wonderful. They're because they're delightful. They're delightful. So that's a very excellent pick. Excellent. All right, you have the fourth pick. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. I was I was like, do I need to take a little bit more stability after taking the volatility <laughs> of my third pick, but. I'm going to take, as my fourth pick, uh, critiquing the Jumbotron. Oh, I like it. So, I mean two things by this. I think that one of the things that I really love about baseball is that a guy comes up to bat and you just get a minute to sit with his stats when it might be that you wouldn't sit with that guy's stats otherwise. Right. And that you just get to you know really look at them and think about them and like watch him at the same time that you're thinking about his stats and other sports they don't get that same moment where you get to like think about this person's offensive contributions to the game and at, at the time that they are also like trying to do a thing I think that this is like it for me I think when I was a young person this was something that was was a reason that I really loved baseball because I felt like I got to sort of know the personalities of their gameplay, if that makes sense. and so obviously not the real personalities of the player, but like, who is this person as a player? You can kind of you've got the you've got a moment to absorb that. And I like that. So there's that aspect of critiquing the jumbotron. I also like, I just love crazy early season stats. or if somebody's come up recently, you know what I mean? And so they get a hit on their very first at bat that, that year. And then like they're batting a thousand. Like I just love it. I, I have a, a a practice of taking a picture of it and posting it on Twitter for that player's mom. Sure. So that their, their mom could be like, look, my son was like, you know, his OPS was like, you know, 1356 or something like that. So uh, it delights me. Um, But I also very much, when I go to a new ballpark, one of the things that I'm most excited about is, like, what information are they going to have on the Jumbotron? You know? So, like, what are the stats going to be? And, and like, even though I don't feel like I'm a person who derives a lot of enjoyment out of complaining, I feel like I do enjoy derive some enjoyment out of complaining about, like, ugh, I can't believe that they, you know, that they don't have obp or like whatever whatever thing but i feel like more often these days i'm actually pleasantly surprised that you know that uh a team will like start having war up there or you know other advanced stats and i'm like that's cool like good for you seattle mariners or whatever so uh, so, yes, this is critiquing the, the individual players' stats or appreciating, I guess you could say. Um, and then also the kind of like, oh, well, you know, different ballparks, what they do and which one is the best.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, of course, again, feed off of you. And I'm not 100 percent sure you will tell me if this is different enough from what you took. And I think it is because I think what you're specifically talking about are the stats on the scoreboard and 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 both enjoying them critiquing them critiquing the uh the organization for for what uh level of information they trust us with and so on uh what i'm going to talk about is so a year ago mike Shore and nick offerman and i went to um the cubs uh game and did a podcast which um Sort of secret little bit of information we we are planning on doing again this year to do a live podcast from uh, from Wrigley Field, but we'll we'll offer more info on that as we go. Um, but we're there in the stands and we're watching it, and I don't remember which Pittsburgh Pirate it was. And if I did, I don't think I would say it because it's not it's not kind. Um, his picture was put up on the board as they will put pictures up on the scoreboard and we spent an inordinate amount of time and i mean a lot of time um discussing why he he allowed that particular picture of himself to be appear on on a scoreboard it was not the most flattering uh photo that that we've ever seen and and this this turned to be um quite a delightful addition to the game as we would talk about you know how how we would insist on on a certain kind of photo, and every time this photo would come up, we'd bring it up again, but in addition to photos uh they would have various uh bits of trivia about the player as well and and these things were often very odd, like they would be like like some of them would be you know hit two homers in a game while playing in Louisville, which is you know whatever meaningless but 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 at least somewhat related. But then others would be like, you know, like huge fan of, of, uh, of, of the wire, you know, or like, it would just be, it would just like, you know, uh, likes to play checkers with sister. It was very odd, like little, and to me, the odder those are, the more ridiculous those are, the more I love them, the more that they just add so much joy. I really wish every, Like, like that would, I wish that was my job. Like my, I wish I worked for maybe for major league baseball so I could do it for everybody, but like for a team and my entire job was to put very (laughs) odd facts about each player up on the board. I think that would be so much fun and everybody would love it. Cause I mean, like, like I wouldn't even, I would go even more specific. Like I would be like, like loves the wire, but thought season three was a waste. Like it would be like as specific as you could possibly be about like, like huge fan of, of Jennifer Garner, but didn't think 13 going on 30 was very good. (laughs) Like it would be like, it would be so long and confusing and nobody would know what it was. Uh, I, I just think that would add just this so much extra, like an extra layer of fun for baseball. So uh, they don't do it quite to that level, but to what level they do, I thoroughly enjoy when I go to the ballpark.
1: Yeah. Like, likes to be served a tomato on his hamburger, but then picks it off and eats it separately. Yes, exactly. Yeah,
0: something... Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Not, will eat a turkey burger, but not with mustard. And you're like, why, <laughs> why? Well, and you want to ask them, right? And then like, yeah. then I'm hoping this would lead to interview questions like post game like the the guy hits the 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 rerun homer like first congratulations before we get into the home run what's the turkey burger thing like what's that what why you know what do you
1: have against mustard americans like Like, well i like mustard
0: but not on turkey burgers you know and like just like let them get into it i i just think it adds a whole other layer to the game
1: yeah no that's a real like so i do feel like it could have been similar to my pick Um, but I'm gonna let you have it because it is so delightful. Well, and it's different. different. We can kind of think that, like, this is you know, it's sort of like drafting Shohei Otani the pitcher and Shohei Otani the hitter separately. They're separate. Um, And and it's because I'm just I'm 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 looking deep into my soul and being honest and thinking that even though I also. really enjoy a bad player headshot as much as the next person like that was not what I was thinking of when I drafted the thing and so that's totally fair all right
0: well um, here we go last
1: yes. picks this is it last picks okay all right so um I had thought about uh uh drafting short lines at the ladies room as a joke Ooh, um yes but yes I am instead going to draft and I wrote this on my list and I'm going to read it uh as I wrote it the joy of catching a projectile that you may or may not have wanted to actually purchase were it not a projectile Aww. so i think that this is a like a key component of of a baseball game so like we have many baseballs in this house and so like we would not probably go out and buy another like clean unused baseball sure but like, if a foul ball is coming towards me, I'd be very excited to catch it. I mean, of course, I probably wouldn't keep it if there's, like, a child anywhere in the vicinity because I'm not a terrible human being. Right. But, like, in in the scenario that it's, like, the 13th inning of a game and there's not a lot of people left and, the you know, the children have all gone home and there's a foul ball coming towards me, like, if I catch it, yes. Like, the universe is mine suddenly. Um, but I also think that this uh, applies to... Other things that are uh, that are shot into the stands, including you know like an extra extra large T shirt sure. or like a admittedly like lukewarm condiment free hot dog, people <laughs> are very excited about these things because they're projectiles and because they get to be caught. Um, and I have never personally caught an extra 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 large T shirt. Or a hot dog, and like I'm, I'm fine with that. But I do feel like that whole element, you know, of the mascot coming out and like shooting a cannon uh, with with objects into the crowd is like part of what makes going to a baseball game fun yes. versus watching a baseball game at home on television. You so. know,
0: I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think that's 100 percent right. Uh, I never fully understood the hot dog shoot like like the the t-shirts and the ball like sometimes they'll shoot the hot dogs and the rapper will fly off while the hot dog's in midair (laughs) then what 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 exactly are you supposed to do with that like that's literally somebody throwing a hot dog at you and there's nothing (laughs) like cool about that at all you should not leave me alone i uh, stop throwing your hot dogs at me so i don't know if i fully get that but that's i that said somebody shoots a hot dog at me i'm reaching for the hot dog i I don't have to be hungry i'm still gonna reach to try to catch it and i'm not giving the hot dog to a kid i mean like i'm i'm going to Well, I mean, that's
1: maybe the more responsible thing to do, given all of the preservatives that are in hot dogs. You have to be like, you know, little kid. Like, I'm not going to give you cancer. I'm going to take the cancer myself.
0: Nothing would be better than somebody shooting a hot dog at you and you seeing this cute little kid and you're like, oh, here you go. And then their mom yelling at you, like just screaming, get that hot dog away from my kid. What is wrong with you? Like that, that I feel like is, is, is special. I, I. I like the pick. I like it. And I like that you just went off the board with your, with your final pick. I, I like that. I'm going to go off the board with my final pick as well and just take, and this is, I'm sorry. This is just, this would have been my answer when I was uh, eight years old. And so it'll be my answer. Now the fifth greatest reason to go to a ball game is to eat ice cream out of a helmet. I'm sorry. That's just, mm. that's just a fact. And the stadiums that do not offer the ice cream out of the helmet should be honestly uh, barred from the game. That's it. You should, I don't, I, t- to me, it's so simple. It's like, it's not that hard to fix. Just get soft serve ice cream at your place and get plastic helmets. That's it. There, there, there's no, I mean, sprinkles, you you should add some sprinkles. That's it. The, the, this is the easiest thing in the world to do. I, I was at a ballpark uh, not that long ago and went to the thing and and I'm not, you know, I say that I love this. I don't very often actually get ice cream in a in a in a uh, helmet but i would if i if i could and i went in there and uh and i they didn't offer it it wasn't even offered and i wasn't even the one it was like the person in front of me asking about it and i just thought i mean what is the commissioner doing i mean you you know the commissioner sitting there you know not punishing players and 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 uh you know and and trying to trying to you know make it so that you you can't you know, replace a pitcher. And meanwhile, there are stadiums in this country in 2020 that are not offering ice cream inside helmets. And, you know, uh, I'm sorry, it's just not acceptable.
1: So I, I agree with you that it's not acceptable, but Joe, you have to think that that's maybe like a little harsh as punishment. I just feel like draft picks. They should just, you know, they should lose some draft picks. Yeah, but you know, the, if they it, don't but,
0: have, it, but is that really going to stop the Astros? No, no, they'll. You know what? They'll. It's like it's like finding Facebook. It's like yeah, they'll pay it. They'll pay the price.
1: No, it, I mean, it needs to
0: hurt. It needs to hurt. You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so, I you know I just I feel like if they're barred, then like you know nobody gets yeah to it hurts even it hurts the, the game wrong people and, and it does and 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 have the ice cream when really your motivation is 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 tiny plastic helmets for all. That's true. Is, You're right. It's the plan that you have for the country. And so I th- I feel like that would that would just consolidate the those who already have ice cream and tiny plastic helmets would just continue to have it. And those who don't have it would continue to not have it. So if you just create incentives for the for the teams or, you know, like really serious penalties
0: or find them and make them give every person in the ballpark one uh, at at the next, you know, 10 games, I think that would, you know, make them make it hurt, make it hurt. By the way, I I'm also of the big belief that look the tiny Plastic helmet, it, it makes the ice cream way better. It just does. It's just so delightful. You keep it does. the helmet. It's the
1: molecules. Oh, it, sure. It's the, it's the baseball molecules trading molecules with the ice cream Of molecules. course.
0: And you keep, just science. And you keep the helmet, which, you know, that's delightful that you're at home. Every time you look at that little helmet, instead of thinking, boy, I should have thrown that out, you think, oh, I wish I had ice cream right now in that helmet. So that's delightful. But the third thing that I really like, and not every uh, place does this, is... Um, is offering the full size helmet with ice cream. Like like that to me Ooh. is like as a secondary choice. I would never order that for myself, but uh but I've seen it in various places and I think that that is delightful as well. So, all wow. ice cream and helmets uh are a positive for baseball in my view.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in in interest of of full disclosure, um we do have I would I would say somewhere between 15 and 20 tiny plastic helmets Excellent. in our house that's that's yeah, a life so, well lived that's what that yeah, is yeah with with you know with the different logos unfortunately they start to come off after a while i have i've learned but, yeah, but you know how if, you fix I'm that not, i'm not meaning to brag <laughs>
0: you know how you, you fix, fix that? that you get more ice cream in more helmets that's how you fix <laughs> it yeah, <that's laughs> cool. you just replace them with better helmets that's all Oh, it's true. It I'm does. telling you what. If this hasn't cheered up baseball fans, uh, like they're like they're still listening. But if if anybody is still <laughs> listening, I mean, how how delightful this is. That we're telling you how great baseball is going to be in 2020, even with all of the off season problems. Very exciting. All right, it's time for uh, one last meaningless Thing. But before we do that, um, here's part of the fun of of me uh, bringing this to the Athletic or the Athletic buying this or taking this or you know, winning this by force or something. Um, <laughs> I have to. I, I have to do an advertisement. I have to do like an ad. I have to do an ad read. So I'm going to do a quick ad read. If that's okay. If, if, yeah. You, forgive me. This is really exciting. Here should we go. I just
1: be quiet, or should I respond? Feel free bad? to jump in.
0: Really, because because honestly, it's I'm terrible at these. So let's let's go ahead and do this. But here we go. It's a, it's actually an ad read for the athletic. Here it is. Uh, if you like this podcast, <laughs> bad start. Right off the bat. Bad you lose half the people right there. All right. If you like this podcast, you probably have a major league club that you're passionate about. The Athletic has you covered with sixteen local MLB podcasts. Athletic. Sixteen is not all the teams in baseball. Let's go. Pick it up. Let's get I'm not reading right now, by the way. Let's go. <laughs> thirty. There are thirty teams, thirty podcasts. Let's pick it up. Well, Seriously. Come on. Come on. Shows that feature the best baseball writers in the business, along with broadcasters and former players. And now, all of the Athletic Baseball Podcasts are free, capital letters, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the Athletics Network of Baseball Podcasts today, and save 40% on a one-year subscription to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com forward slash podcast. I guess that's the most important part. You can save 40% on your subscription to The Athletic and read the 600,000 words I've written on the Baseball 100 as well as other things uh, by going to theathletic.com forward slash podcast. All right, was that convincing or what?
1: Yeah, it was very convincing. I mean, the fact that it's free like slightly makes up for the fact that there are only 16 of the teams. No, no, come on.
0: Look, I mean, look, the Athletic athletic is, is huge. The Athletic is like you know, the, the Athletic is breaking all kinds of amazing stories and writing all kinds of amazing things. And, and, uh, you know, baseball everywhere, everywhere you turn, baseball stuff getting, getting, you know, the Athletic broke all of the Astros stuff. I mean, this is the Athletic is baseball. Time for all 30. You know, those 14 teams that don't have a podcast, they're hurt. They're hurting right now.
1: That's it's I, bu- yeah, but I believe that, I believe that, uh, that the Athletic can, can, Fill that void. Can do <laughs> yeah, it. by
0: getting 14 more podcasts. Let's go. I'm getting
1: Let's 14 go. more podcasts. All right. For now,
0: yeah. it's 16. I'm sure. Look, the athletics moving. All right. It's always moving, always adding. So I'm sure it'll be next time we do. It'll it be 19 or something. But for now, 16 local MLB podcasts uh, available anywhere uh, that you get your podcast. All right. One last meaningless thing to tell ta- to end this meaningless thing. It's
1: one last meaningless thing. Talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, nor Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast, whoa, it's one last whoa. Meaningless thing.
0: Uh, do you want to start? You want me to start? I don't care.
1: Why don't um, you start? What's, I can start. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm I'm sure that everyone listening to this has seen the video of Mike Trout obliterating the golf ball. Yes. And I'm aware that there are also videos of Cody Bellinger and others doing it too, but the Trout one is the most joyful, um, in my opinion. But that is not my meaningless thing. I am here to discuss one of the potentially underappreciated or subconscious reasons that the video is so delightful, and that is the golf ball. Completely disappears yeah. into the darkness. When it's traveling over the line of the poles, there it's still on this upward trajectory that just makes me imagine that it's going to escape the atmosphere and start orbiting Earth. And like someday, someone on the space station is going to be like, "What is this golf ball doing here?" Unless they speak another language, and it just it ties into something that is really one of my favorite things. Um, is also one of my uh, husband Eric's favorite things, which. Um, In in dumb internet videos Which is when things disappear (laughs) Um, So We have a genre which I've just sort of like Named the shorthand So that we both know what we're talking about A genre of videos that I just call stupid dogs So this is like when We've had a very long day and we're very tired And we don't have any more energy And I'm just like can we just watch some stupid dogs And so Eric will Like Like Figure out how to search for new animal videos that we haven't already seen, and that is the that is the genre name. Although it is not strictly limited to dogs, that's just sort of that's like calling all soft drinks Coke right. is like stupid dogs. But it could be it could be any like animal doing a delightful thing. So anyway, in quote stupid dog videos, really the best thing is one if one of the animals, while of course remaining fundamentally unharmed disappears in the video so like a cat is hubristically trying to jump over a gap that is too large for it and it falls out of frame it disappears and when this happens both my husband and I will laugh like like our three-year-old selves will laugh and we'll just chant like it disappeared um and so when we watched the uh when we watched the Mike Trout video together and the golf ball disappeared i yelled it disappeared um in exactly the same way so uh that's my one last meaningless thing it is
0: so wonderfully meaningless it's it's perfectly meaningless uh two points to be made one is on the Mike Trout video which is wonderful in so many different ways uh including the fact that he totally snap hooked that drive that drive is like like, like it's so impressive to see somebody hit something that hard and that far, and it's great. But, like, if he was playing golf, that would be an unplayable, it would be go nowhere, which, you know, I, I actually <laughs> tweeted out there the famous uh, exchange between Ted Williams and Sam Snead that Ted Williams was, was talking to Sam Snead about how easy golf had to be because the ball doesn't even move, to which Sam Snead said, yeah, but we have to play our foul balls and and that that was a perfect representation because it was it was so impressive and so wonderful and everybody laughed but he didn't have to go after it it was it was perfectly hit for the exact circumstance that he was in at that moment uh but the second thing i want to say is since you talk about disappearing uh you have undoubtedly seen the best of all of those videos uh one that i have watched many 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 times uh and it is of a i don't know if it's a community theater or a high school theater where they are doing the Wizard of Oz and and uh, Dorothy <laughs> is on stage and Dorothy goes Toto, Toto, and then Toto runs out and keeps running and then falls off the edge of the stage
1: and it's oh it's, it's comic gold it might
0: be the best it might be the it, best of all videos really yeah
1: it's it's really good it's really really good yeah for a second i thought you were going to talk about the famous peter pan video which is also good though not strictly about disappearing but yes <laughs> yes the little dog just it just it totally it just kept going and then it just fell right off the stage Oh, and it's uh, and so Dorothy,
0: weird. God bless her. She kind she kind of tried to stay in character, but then eventually she realized she had to go after the dog. Which you know that's that's a that's a tough. You know that's a you, as an actress you have to you have to you have to make choices, and you you know you had to admire that choice. I would imagine
1: exactly split ses, s- split second decision making. I should be fired <laughs> because I can't even say split second decision making. My one last
0: meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing is a very simple. Uh, for my birthday this year, uh, my family gave me a ping pong table and ping pong tables are great and everybody knows they're great. But until I actually got a ping pong table, I did not fully appreciate how much better it would make my life. Uh, my life is, I don't know, six to 8% better now that I own a ping pong table. I think nice. every person should own a ping pong table or should have access to a ping pong table, uh, it is, it is just absolutely pure joy. And I'll just be sitting up here in the office and one of my daughters will come up and they'll be like ping pong. And I'll be like, yes. And I will leave in the middle of one of the baseball one hundreds that I'm supposed to be finishing. And I will play 10 minutes of ping pong and my life will be that much better. So this, I I'm offering this moment to tell you, if you have forgotten, You love ping pong because you are a person and all people love ping pong. Put a little more ping pong into your life.
1: Yeah, that's really an excellent, uh, advisement. (laughs) Maybe hard in my one bedroom apartment, but, uh, yeah, I would love to. I actually, I have a meaningless fact for you about ping pong. Please. Um, Which is, and I believe that this is true, I was, I was, I grew up believing this to be true. And so if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm not lying. I'm just misinformed. The, the name for ping pong in Turkey is kanip kanap, because that's the sound that the ball makes.
0: Wow. Of course there's the child game, kanip kanap, which is, which is that game where you have like, it's like a little plastic thing with three holes in it and you're trying to knock all of your, your little plastic balls onto the other side. So I know. Oh,
1: I'm unfamiliar with that game.
0: It's a delightful game. I don't think it's existed for 25 years or 30 years or 40 years. I always uh, underestimate how old I am. Uh, but it was big when I was a kid and, uh, gnip gnip, I love it. You know what? A little more significant up for your soul. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. All I'm saying yep. excellent. Well, Alan, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for joining us here. And, uh, you know, happy baseball season. We'll we'll talk to you here in a little bit after the season starts, but until then, enjoy the games. I will. You too. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.